Hey everybody, welcome back to You Got It, Dude. I'm Dina. And I'm Whitney. I realize that we introduce ourselves every time, but like I think to the like maybe the common individual we might sound the same. Yeah, definitely. We definitely have, I think, a similar cadence, a similar um, flat affect, as (laughs) I always say. I was just watching, sorry, just this is a complete side note to everything, but I was just watching Promising Young Woman uh, starring Carrie Mulligan. Mm -hmm. And it's a really good movie. But besides that point, I'll get into all of that maybe later. uh, But besides that, she does like an incredibly good American woman accent. And it's because she like imitates like basically how we're talking right now. Just like very, (laughs) very like low, very sort of like flat, very like Californian accent, you know? The best imitation of a California accent is Emma Watson in The Bling Ring, where she tries to be Alexis Nyers. Dude, Alexis. So we have a very exciting episode today. A really great episode. I am so excited. This is what we call, what would you call this, a palate cleanser? Yes, from last week. Yes. We are watching, ladies and gentlemen, Passport to Paris. Which is my favorite. It's the godfather of Olsen films to me. Agreed. Mine too. Everything comes back to Passport to Paris. It influenced... Watching it again, Dina, it influenced my life in ways that I'm not quite ready. Like, I might have to talk through it with a therapist. You know what I mean? I know. Like, so many iconic moments. So many. First, I have um, some surprise things I want to talk to Whitney about. Ooh. Um, <laughs> So first, I just I we can get more into this in the pop culture review segment, which I've been loving us doing. Sure. Is that I started Felicity, which I know is also very inspirational to your life. It is. <laughs> Basically, if you take Passport to Paris plus Felicity equals the reason why I am who I am right now for better or worse and oftentimes worse. But guess what? Here we are. That is what it is. And the <laughs> second one is, is I got engaged. <gasps> Dina fucking <laughs> LeBlanc. What? And I have been waiting to share it on the podcast because I wanted your reaction recorded. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> Dina, <laughs> I'm so happy for you. Holy shit. Everybody, you're witnessing like a real life, real world reaction. That's it beautiful. has been killing me, but I wanted to do it on the podcast, but then I couldn't be like, um, can we actually record tomorrow? <laughs> my heart, my heart is just so, now I understand what people mean when they say their heart is full. This has literally given me energy for, to like, take on the rest of my life. I know. Holy uh, shit. But yeah, I just wanted to tell you, we can like cut out <laughs> some of that. But no, you know. we are not. We're cutting out none of this. Everybody needs to listen to me freaking out (laughs) holy shit yeah can i see the ring yes okay okay right now this Um, is so exciting i'm just so happy thank you okay sorry for that brief we had to go offline for a little bit to discuss some things but we're back and we're ready to talk Paris. <laughs> yes. Just as as full disclosure, Dina can't tell me something like this and not have us go into like a 10-minute conversation about details. So, okay. <laughs> Let's get into it. Okay. 
Passport to Paris tells the story of Melanie and Allie Porter, two self-obsessed teens from California. After planning their spring bank, culminating in a spring fleet dance with total hottie Shane and Kyle as dates, their parents decide that they're tired of this shit and punish them with tickets to France to spend spring break with their grandfather, who happens to be the ambassador. <laughs> their grandfather, not great with kids, pun them off on his type A assistant. The girls, of course, meet a supermodel and cute boys and spend the week getting romanticized around Paris. And happened to set up Jeremy with the supermodel. The boys ask the girl to see their band play, but when Grandpa finds out the digmatized Jeremy has been letting them wander around Paris, he fires him and bans them from going to the dance. But after hearing angsty professions of love from the window, his heart softens. The girls wow at a diplomatic dinner, save France's water supply, and Grandpa takes them to the dance where they get some loving from Jean and Michael, or Michel. They then go back to California and no longer have time for simple bros with their new worldliness. These American bros, you know, like yeah. they're they're the worst. So um, first of all, this is one of the few Olsen twins direct to home movies that is written by co-written by a woman. And you can obviously tell that. Yes. You know, I think that it's like quite clear that a woman's influence has like covered this entire movie it's romantic it's sweet it has like a lot of funny things that only younger girls would understand or like teenage girls would get and it was perfect and it had a huge influence on mine and Dina's life in ways that I'm sure we'll get into so the first thing that I wanted to do Dina which this is my original intention was to play the the game that we always play asking who was who played Melanie and who played Allie mm-hmm. unfortunately I messed up because they play these awesome bloopers at the end of the movie. So I was watching the awesome bloopers and then I saw that I saw who was who. So I I already saw the character list, but I want to say that I was correct. I thought that uh, MK played Melanie and Ashley played Allie and I was correct, even though I think that they tried to trick us because in the beginning, Allie was wearing like more like tomboyish things. She was wearing that like, what do you call that? Like the head handkerchief around her head, the yes. little headscarf thing. And I was like, no, that has to be Mary Kate because she's wearing like kind of dressed like a little tomboy, but nope. And then I looked at their face and I was like, I know who's who. So that was like part of the fashion that I wanted to get into is like those handkerchiefs. Like it's like kind of like the Brady Bunch cleaning. It's where you tie a bandana into a triangle and then tie it around your head. And I distinctly remember doing this, and I think we discussed it where, like, we weren't allowed as kids to wear that um, in our area. Mm -hmm. But yesterday, or, like, the day before, I was walking around the downtown area of the city I live in, and there's, like, this hipster clothing store, and two of the workers had their headbands like that. No. Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, I guess it's coming back. It's happening. Holy shit, it's happening. I loved all of the fashion. I loved, I mean, I like how, I guess this was all made around the same time, but they basically have the same fashion they did in kind of Billboard Dad and then also the soccer one where they have the handkerchiefs, they have like the small little glasses, and then they have that like short flippy hairstyle. Yes, the flippy hairstyle was like on par. I really loved Mary Kate's like peasant top. Mm-hmm. and like her jeans were a little loose fitting and I was like that was like advanced fashion for those days because like 
it was all about the skin tight jeans. So it's like she was oh, really yeah. ahead of her time. And I remember having a peasant top like that. And there's like, like the only photo I have of me from ninth grade is you, me, Natalie and Candace, and I'm wearing a top like exactly like that. I loved those peasant tops. I was like way too into the peasant top game. <laughs> yeah, me too. They have like this really weird title sequence in the beginning. Such a weird title sequence. And like the font choice, and maybe it's just like occupational hazard, but I hated the font choice they chose. Yeah, dude. But then I saw in the credits that title sequence photos provided by Mary Kate Nashley. And so I guess they gave them like a camera and said, go take photos for the opening. I was like, did we really need to give them credit for that? That's so weird. I, this entire movie. And some of the special effects and, like, the the title sequence, everything was very strange to me, but I enjoyed it. Like, I really loved how they got to, like, they were like, this is the world, and this is the center of it. At least according to us, you know? And it's yeah. like fucking junior high. Like, can you imagine if we thought that Pioneer Junior High was the center of the world? Yeah, I think even when we were there, we were like, how can we get out of here? Yeah, we were like, this sucks. People are, like, threatening to beat Dina up for hanging out with their <laughs> boyfriends. This is terrible. I The only, like, good thing about Pioneer that I remember was they had really good chocolate chip cookies. They you did. Remember. I do. For some reason, there's not a lot about Pioneer that, like, sticks out to me. But I do remember when it would rain and when we would have to go into, like, the gymnasium area and oh, like played yeah. like crab soccer where we were like on all fours like <laughs> like as crabs god I hated that oh I never had to do that because oh, in, in seventh grade uh, so I don't know I don't know how normal junior highs work but in our junior high like it was very clearly like seventh grade and eighth grade like there was no mixing except that when I was in seventh grade I had to have two eighth grade classes why because you were so smart because <laughs> I had to do eighth grade math Ooh. But I did this, like, it was called People PE, where you would help out the special education classes. Oh, yeah. And so we were, like, never in the, like, population. And then when I was in eighth grade, I broke my leg, like, Uh, partway through the year. Right. And, like, so they were just like, oh, go be a TA. And then I lost so much muscle that I was in physical therapy longer than I was in a cast. And so I basically missed most of the year of PE. So I was, like... I have no recollection of like what normal physical education and my lifestyle shows for that. No, I mean, listen, you didn't miss out on much. I just remember a couple of things, but they were all bad. I remember one time we had to go do what are those called? The hurdles. We had to like go run hurdles. Oh my God. I would never do that. No, because what I'm saying is like, yeah, exactly. Like, (laughs) sorry, I'm so upset right now just thinking about it. Like it was literally like running and jumping over something, which if you have a bad knee, it's truly your worst nightmare. And then I asked the the teacher if I could like avoid it or like I asked the teacher, I was like, can I not do this? And they're like, no, everybody has to do it. You have to at least like try once. And then if you like knock it over, if you fall down, then you don't have to do it again. And I was like, I don't even want to like try that. So I basically snuck across to like, there was like a place where people hadn't done it. And then the place across where people had done it. And I like snuck across to like join the group of people who had done it. And thank God I was like invisible enough to where like nobody noticed. Maybe that is what I remember of Pioneer is that the teachers were like a lot of them were like such jerks. Remember, we had a really evil teacher. 
together. We had multiple evil teachers, but yes, go ahead. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. And she yelled at me because I asked to sit in the front because I couldn't see. Wow. My mom ended up having to write a letter, which I didn't know about until years later, like basically telling like her like, what's wrong with you? Why would you yell at her? Because she's asking to see better because she told me when I said, hey, I need to be closer to the front because I have bad vision. She was like, you can't just expect preferential treatment. Incredible. I love that. I was like, no, I had cataracts. Like, (laughs) Dina, I'm so sorry, but you can't expect preferential treatment. Dina and I were both in the honors classes in junior high, and the teachers were such a nightmare that I dropped out of honors in high school, despite the fact that like it would have been better for me to be in the honors classes. It would have been more challenging, everything, all of that. I dropped out because I was so afraid of the honors teachers in junior high. And even the one that was like, quote unquote, cool, was a jerk. And he is the reason why I like stopped creative writing for a long time because he like made fun of my writing I quit his class I quit honors at the beginning of eighth grade because of him because I just like couldn't hang with the like pressure like it just it just seemed so stupid to me it was awful and he gave me a zero on a paper because I think it was because I forgot to put my name on it or he just didn't see my name on it wow and he knew it was mine because it was a project where we each got assigned a movie. And so he and I had discussed my movie with him. So he knew it was mine and he still intentionally gave me a zero on it. And I, I just told my mom, I was like, I'm done. Like, God, I love that. Yeah. So the other part that I liked about the intro, we're only at the intro. Yeah. <laughs> and we have now been taping our podcast for a while now. I really liked the fact like they're like listing of they're like, we have like science and then it shows them like looking at a girl's hair under a microscope or whatever. And then they're like... Kelly definitely has split ends. The the opening is so iconic. Yeah. And then they're like, we have English. And then it shows them like using weird, weird lingo. And then they're like, and then we have creative writing. And it shows them like passing notes. So good, dude. Don't get me wrong. We study a lot of important subjects. For example, there's science. Think for yourself. It's true. Kelly has split ends. Then there's English. She was totally edging on my squeeze. So I dinged her with a bounce bounce in the numbers lab. And finally, that most important of important subjects, the staple of every seventh grader's education, social studies. Shane and Kyle, the most popular boys in Northwood Junior High, at least this week. This reminded me, and sorry not to go off on another story tangent, but when I was in a class in high school, though, I was a junior, me and my friend had such little respect for our math teacher that we would sign to each other in class to talk during class, except we didn't know how to, we didn't know anything but the alphabet. So we would literally spell out word for word and just talk the whole time. And our teacher would sometimes get annoyed, but also wouldn't care. But also, okay, this guy, somebody found a condom in the back of the classroom. And somebody said, oh, is that yours? And he goes, no, not big enough. Like, (laughs) he was the worst teacher ever. Like, so we just had no respect for him whatsoever. And, like, he did a bunch of other things that I can't remember. And then he basically was such a bad teacher that my senior year, 
or our senior year, I was in chemistry and he was subbing like and he taught a completely different subject because basically the school had deemed that he couldn't teach his own class, but he was tenured or something and they couldn't fire oh him. So he was just a permanent sub. Holy and I was shit. The only one he knew. And I just like didn't want to talk to him. And he like called me out in front of the class. He was like, what's wrong, Dina? And I was like, nothing. I said, hi, I don't know what you want from me. And like, nobody had ever heard me talk like that. Because obviously, I was just like a very shy person. Of course. I was just over it. Dude, I honestly, I think that the like the lesson learned from this podcast, at least thus far, is that public school teachers are a nightmare. My uh, calculus teacher senior year, like basically failed us all, gave us all F's. The only way that you could pass this class was to come in after school to get like one-to-one tutoring. But obviously anybody who had extracurriculars could not make it into class after school. And so um, he said the only way that any of us could pass the class is if we come and do his yard work and like do his landscaping. Yeah. And so like 30 of us on some Saturday in the middle of March, because I was terrified that UC Irvine was going to not like allow me to come to to UCI because they were like, if you fail, then you, you know, you can get your like whatever revoked. And so I showed up and 30 other kids showed up and we did his fucking landscaping. I I shit you not. We did his landscaping for an entire Saturday. And then we all got C's (laughs) instead of F's. Because we didn't we didn't know anything. I couldn't have passed the AP exam on calculus, like not even like the lowest form, you know? It was insane. Wow. Yeah, dude. He was literally the worst teacher ever. And I think that my parents ended up telling the school and the t- school basically said, what, what you got for your teacher. I wonder if it's the same teacher. They were like, there's nothing we can really do. And I was like, huh. So he's just going to continue to terrorize kids for the rest of his tenure. Perfect. Anyway. <laughs> but the the opening and like, what is it? I I doinked her with a, I need this quote in my life. Oh, yeah. I didn't even bother to write it down. Is the most iconic quote. Like, there's two quotes that stand out in this movie, and that's one of them. The other one being, bonjour, bonjour. Oh, my God. Uh, American girls. So different from the French. They like to... Uh... Locks. Here. <laughs> oh, you mean laugh. We oui, laugh, laugh. They are funny, like you. Uh, Parisian girls, they walk around like this. But the American girls, they walk like this. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Oh my God. I watched that scene, by the way, like three times in a row. I kept backing it up so I could watch it again. And the way that the guy says, oh, my God, it's like insane. I'm going to I'm honestly going to pick out a bunch of clips and insert it into our podcast. Perfect. So, I love it. Because we need that particular clip in our lives. And then they have parents that seem somewhat involved in their lives. We have two parents this time. Great. We do. So I I feel that it's critical to point out that their dad is Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld, who is like a very small character, but it's a critical character who he goes to the mental hospital <laughs> and then he comes out and he has like a crush on Elaine. 
and Elaine keeps seeing him and like she keeps like accidentally like like her buttons break on her blouse so it's like open and like exposing her boobs and then like like at one point she like gets sprayed down by a hose so she like comes in and she's all like wet and her shirt's like drenched (laughs) and he thinks that she like keeps hitting on him anyway that's their dad (laughs) he's from Seinfeld I thought that that was like critical to point out it's so good I also like that the parents are so concerned that their world is too small and I was thinking about that. I was like, would parents ever say that today? No, because they're just trying to make them smaller. Literally. They're like, please just don't watch porn. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then the fact that they've never been to see their grandfather, who's the ambassador to France. I really liked that that critical detail. He lives in like a castle in Paris, basically. It's so nice. I tried to Google like where the U.S embassy is and I was just like Dina it's it's not the same they're not going for that much (laughs) it's not quite like real realism for this movie so they have these like crushes Shane and Kyle which are the most like typical junior high boy names ever oh my gosh yes we all knew a Shane we all knew a Kyle and they were exactly like this what I thought was funny is so the girls, they aren't shown to have, like, friends. I guess, you know, casting too difficult. But there's, like, these two rivals named Helene and Darlene. And what's weird is they're trying to position their rivals as being twins almost. Like, I feel like that's the trope of, like, rhyming names, dressing alike. But, like, right. the other girls are actually twins. Yeah, And I also really liked that in this movie, it seems, at least, the way that they're talking, the Olsen twins are talking at this point, it seems like they're trying to position the other girls as being, like, more popular or, like, cuter than they are. And I was like, in what world are the Olsen twins, like, the not cute ones, you know? Like, oh, those girls are, like, standing in their way. Like, yeah, sure, dude. That's antithetical to the I am the cute one mantra that we were raised on. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So then the girls are forced to go to Paris, which poor them. Yeah. Um, and they meet Jeremy. And then, of course, typical, as we've talked about, every staff person, which I didn't get into in the description, is, of course, a male. So they are only surrounded by males in this house. There's a butler, a chef, Jeremy, the assistant, and then the ambassador. So I... Also noted that, and especially when Jeremy was, like, taking them around, it was really chaperoning them, I was like, can you think of how often in these movies they're ever entrusted in a woman's care who isn't their mom? Because other than Kirstie Alley, I can't name one. Yeah, the closest we come is the supermodel, Brigitte, in this movie, and it's like they literally had to sneak off. Yep. But other than that... No, but I don't remember, I don't know about the, like, the getting theirs, the winning London, when in Rome, but I guess they wouldn't be entrusted in anyone in that because they're too old. Right, exactly. I mean, I guess, well, this is a good thing to watch out for, but at least to this point, I feel like we're not really seeing them in anyone other than a man's care, which I think says a little bit of something about these kind of preconceived notions of who's equipped to, like, take care of these young girls. I don't know, it's weird to me, but one... One line that I liked was right when they, I think it was when they got there or maybe before they got there, but they're talking about how their grandpa isn't that great, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they say like, yeah, he's not that great. And then they go, that's like saying the Titanic isn't great with icebergs. <laughs> I thought that was pretty great. I was like, yikes. 
That is harsh, you know? That's a burn. All of the Paris fashion, they come with these crossbody bags that I remember wanting, the little backpacks. So cool. Um, I really related because Jeremy's like forced to take them around town. And I, I've only been to Paris once. I went with my dad like four years ago or something like that. Right. And when they were talking about museums, like I could, like my dad and I just like decided not to go to any. I love that. Love and, that for you. And so, cause we were like, we only had three days. So we literally like saw the outside of the Louvre, but like we didn't want to wait to get in and that kind of thing. But uh-huh. I was just like, well, this kind of gave me the impression I needed when they're yeah. in there. Absolutely. I really, really love, speaking of, I think I talked about the special effects earlier. There's this special effect that they do where they like push them through the, the worst Louvre. green screen. The worst green screen. And then they just have paintings flying by left and right, fly by, fly by, fly by. And then at the end, they say something like, we saw like 780 paintings, 396 like statues, you know, and they like list it all for you. But then meanwhile, you're watching them like, on like a green screen and then like a like a moving walkway as things just like fly by. I yeah. really like that. I was like, I think I get the point here. They saw a lot. Did you notice they had like a clip of like a smart car and like that was probably before we knew what a smart car was? Oh yeah, I did see that. That was funny. The guy that plays Jeremy, I feel like always plays an asshole. He he does. Let's see what he's in here. I know he like started out in scrubs, but like he did make it past like three episodes. Right. Okay, so he's in Keeping the Faith. This is what we would know him from. He's in Keeping the Faith, Fight Club, Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, he's a pageant MC from Little Miss Sunshine. Obviously, that's what I know him from. Yeah, what is he in Keeping the Faith? I'm trying to place him, even though that's like... Matt, it says. I don't know who that is. Mm-mm. Maybe he was friends with Eddie Nord. Yeah, more than likely. I think we need to, at this point, get into, almost immediately in Paris, they meet two guys on mopeds. They get all sort of like wound up by these two guys. And then from that point on, it sets both Dina and I up for um, unrealistic expectations. Yeah, failure for our entire life. Yep. This is the Olsen twins' first on-screen kiss we learned. So they meet these two guys, Jean and Michel, and... Jean doesn't speak like hardly any English and so he's paired with Ali who speaks a little French and then Michel he speaks perfect English and so he's with Mel that speaks no so there's like this dynamic and so the Mary-Kate character and her English-speaking boyfriend are like left to have these like way too in-depth of conversations <laughs> yeah I don't get why we like lingered on these conversations for so long I was like we get it they don't speak each other's languages. And then, like, the other couple is just, like, if they were older, would just be, like, pure sexual magnetism. And that's, like, all they're operating on. But I think, like, in combination of, like, this movie and also our really good mutual friend having supreme luck on her first vacation. <laughs> I was thinking about that, too. <laughs> It just set us up for like complete failure, whereas every vacation I'm like looking for the love of my life. Yeah. So let's back up really quickly to talk about the fact that the person who plays Michelle is Ethan Peck, who is Gregory Peck's grandson and who 
later went on to star in the unfortunately short-lived freeform show version of 10 Things I Hate About You. He was mm-hmm. uh, Heath Ledger's character in 10 Things I Hate About You. I was looking up this show recently because Nicholas Braun was in it. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that. It's like Cameron. Oh shit, you're right. One important thing to note about both of these French boys in Passport to Paris is that they're both not French and they do just about the worst French accents or like the most stereotypical <laughs> French accents. They're like, uh, je suis, yes, uh, and over here, you will see. You know, like it's fucking crazy. The French accents that these like kids at the time, I think that they were probably like 13 or 14 at the time, that they were asked to do these French accents for the, the duration of the film. And it's so kind of cringeworthy we're watching it now. Mademoiselle, welcome to restaurant Jean-Michel. I don't understand why they couldn't hire French actors. The other guy that can't speak any English, supposedly, never really acted again, which I thought he was pretty funny. So I was a little sad I about that. I thought so too. He's like a composer. Yes, I saw that. Uh, I was always a fan of Michelle, but I think that was because I liked Mary Kate better. So I like aligned with like who she went for. Right. But when the guy goes, when she says something in, in French and he goes, I am sad when it rains. <laughs> You can insert a clip in with the actual like voice of that. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Do you like your school? Uh, once the rain comes, I am sad. Uh, maybe we better stick to French. Uh, Cascatemnia? What? What? <laughs> Dude, it's ridiculous. All of the lines that they say are so ridiculous. I just, I loved how basically they were like, Come with us. We will show you the real Paris. And I also really liked, there was one scene where I think when they like first go out and where something happens, but then they start like yelling at the waiter in like French, basically. It did remind me of this, like I went with Ved to a restaurant in Bosnia and I wanted to get this like cheese plate because I don't know, I wanted to get like a cheese plate and Ved ordered it in his language. And then all of a sudden the waiter starts to like yell at him. And he like starts like really like what I thought was like yelling at him. And I was like stricken. I was like, what just happened? You know, and he walks away and Ved's like, oh, he said (laughs) he just merely said that it was too hot for cheese and that he would bring me out something different. (laughs) But he seemed like he was like screaming at Ved. That's so weird. Seems so mean. This was my first time watching it after having been to Paris. Mm-hmm. which I always thought probably because of this movie that like on my European trip I went to London Paris Rome I always thought like Paris was gonna be my favorite city I had Paris posters up in my room like I was obsessed ended up London was my favorite city but I do think that like after watching this having been to Paris this movie gives you no sense of the city at all which I thought was really funny because I thought it did. As a I know. I thought so too. Well, they give you like, they give you this weird like taste of it, but you don't really get the idea of like what the actual city itself is like, you know, like you can see like the Eiffel Tower. Okay, great. You can see like the Jardin, whatever, but you don't actually get like what Paris feels like as you're walking around, as you're driving around, anything like that. Any of the montages that they do where they show them like traveling around, that could have honestly been like the backlot at Universal Studios for all I know. You know? Yeah, exactly. 
there was like nothing that like distinguished it from like actually being there and like even though we know these movies were just an excuse for them to go on vacations no kidding so they meet this like supermodel brigitte and somehow supermodel ever by the way yeah who's like uh academic involved in international relations so they like meet her at a restaurant and then she tells them that she's going to be at this photo shoot and gives them like her exact location and also it's at the luxembourg gardens and it's just like oh yeah just a random photo shoot with a model happening in like the second most popular park in paris i get that when we were when we were walking around paris by the way every single place that we would go they always had like wedding photo shoots with like these couples and then it turned out we learned from somebody that these couples will like fly to paris to like have their wedding photo shoots in Paris we're talking like from like Shanghai or like from like like all of these different places all over the world it's crazy that is crazy and so then they like introduce her and then somehow they convince Jeremy because he just like instantly falls in love with this model that they can go off on the weirdest shopping spree montage of all time (laughs) I literally wrote down this is the worst shopping spree montage ever it's so awkward They buy a cow print and sunflower hat. And like that's supposed to be like Parisian fashion. And like the model wears an obscene amount of cowboy hat. She just wants to be like an American, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I really liked, so it was the most awkward montage scene ever. I liked how basically this entire movie clearly inspired the movie Chasing Liberty starring Mandy Moore (laughs) um, because it has everything. It has like the two, the two so-called like chaperones falling in love. It has the same sort of like shopping spree. Uh, One thing that I want to note is that I don't know if you heard this, but they continued to play the like sugar song, which I'll insert a clip of because I can't understand the words of this this song but they play it over and over and over and I was like where have I heard this song before and it turns out Dina it's from she's all that it's from the volleyball scene and she's all that thank you because I was like listening to that song and I was like did they play this in every 90s movie because it just has like (laughs) so familiar It feels like I wrote the song. Despite the fact that I don't understand the lyrics, it feels like it's a part of me. That's how many times we've heard it. Yes. It's all over. It was, but they played it also in this particular movie. They played it at the beginning, middle, and end. So I don't even know. It's like the theme of the movie. That's crazy. I also wanted to say that I imagine that this is how all wealthy girls experience Paris. Like when I went to Paris, I was so poor that I was like walking around just kind of like seeing what was free, maybe getting like a crepe or getting, I don't know, some like gelato, I guess. But like, here are these like wealthy girls, the granddaughters of an ambassador who are like going on a shopping spree with a supermodel and just like appear to have zero care in the world. They're getting like a lavender, like shiny raincoat. (laughs) I don't know. I was just like, I assume that like the Paris Hiltons of the world, the like Tinsley Mortimers, I assume that their first time to Paris, that's how it looks. And this is supposed to like expand their worldview as if they're going to like a mission trip exactly so the girls at first do not get along with the staff of the place the butler and the chef 
um, because they don't want to eat the like French food. But I will say that like, okay, so as I said last week, I've had escargot. That's not that weird. But like when they were talking about the pate being like a forced fed goose liver, that made me really sad. And then it was like calves brains. I was like, no, like when you go to Paris, you have like steak fritas or cheese or croissants or you know it's not that weird or like yeah or pain au chocolat yes or something yeah exactly you have something nice only dina again i think that we're talking about poor people food mm-hmm. and i think that rich people food if you had like a chef i assume that the chef is going to like you know send out some force-fed animals oh and then like they like make a bet with the chef that he he has to eat mcdonald's and they'll try whatever dish he made or quail eggs i think it was and he's acting as though he never has seen mcdonald's before in his life he's never had french fries in his life which like steak fritas is like pretty like common in france like french fries like Yeah. yeah that's why it's called french fries but yeah yeah and then literally the it was the grossest looking mcdonald's hamburger i had ever seen and i don't eat mcdonald's hamburgers but i'm strictly a chicken nugget girl despite the fact that they're not chicken totally but like they could have at least done some food styling to make that appealing I feel like that they're trying to underscore like how gross it was, but it literally looked like somebody like sat on the hamburger before the guy ate it. And then all of a sudden he like loves it and is shoving it in his mouth. I was like, okay. But I did like how he was like, he was like, Americans are the one who are closed minded, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, sorry. Yeah. What a, what a statement, you know, mm-hmm. on colonization or something. I don't know. I'm not smart enough, but you know what I mean? I think so. So they they really don't get along with Jeremy. And then all of a sudden, he, like, turns around because he's in love with the model. Hey, that's what a hot girl will do to you, Dina. Yeah, and then by the end of it, they're, like, deeply in love after it's been, like, four days. Well, duh, Dina. Don't you understand how this works? I really like that this was all they're doing. This is very, like, Emma-like, you know? They set Jeremy up in order to, like, distract him. And then the supermodel, by the way, is immediately excited for them that they met boys she goes you met some boys you don't waste any time I was like oh okay instead of very kind of like sexual exactly it's not shamey and then I also like so maybe let's get into the the part where the boys now come to take them on a, a date oh yeah um they sneak out And then Jeremy catches them and is sort of like unsure whether he wants to like let them actually go or not. And then he says, where are you taking them? And the boys say, to a secret place. And I was like, "Uh, these little girls are going to get raped in Paris. (laughs) All of a sudden, Jeremy's just kind of like, all right, well, I got this supermodel now. So, okay, girls, go ahead. Like, just meet back up in a couple hours. (laughs) It's fine. But God, when I've given when I was 13 for that unsupervised, like, romantic getaway or whatnot. No kidding. It's like some of us had to wait until we were older to get that. Yeah. This is kind of getting to the part later where, like, basically, I like when they essentially get in trouble because they're they're taken up to what's like a rooftop that they've now turned into a restaurant. And then they're not allowed to be there. So the cops 
take them. And then they don't meet up with Jeremy or the supermodel. And then once they disappear, the supermodel says, they're fine. I know it's a woman's intuition. And I'm like, okay, first of all, the boy said that they were taking him to a secret place. They're now gone and they haven't returned. But the supermodel says, no, 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 it's fine. <laughs> you know? In I was secret like, secret place? <laughs> yeah, oui. A secret place. And you think we're exaggerating, but that's literally what he sounds like. Literally. Dina sounds better than he does. <laughs> oh, this was another thing. I don't know if it's that scene or the scene before. Allie's trying to teach that guy, like, English lessons. Oh, my god! So that they can communicate. And literally, all she teaches him is, like, bullying language. Like, yeah. It was something like, that guy is such a loser <laughs> or something like that. Repeat after me. That geek is a total freak show. So the geek... Is a total freak show. <laughs> Great. A few more key phrases and you're ready for junior high in California. Honestly, though, I can relate. I would also teach somebody some bullying language. Yeah, true. It's like the it's like the soccer way of learning another language. Like my brother would play soccer and then he would like learn everything that you would say to like upset somebody in Spanish. You know, <laughs> when he went to Sweden, like the first thing he learned how to say was like, you know, you're an asshole, whatever stuff like that. Well, that's important. It's the international language of love. True. Let's see. Oh, then the grandpa like bans them or whatever. He's so mad. Grandpa's slut shaming and, you know, he's just being a jerk. They need to find Grandpa some love with a supermodel, maybe. True. And he, but they have to go to this, like, state dinner. And the dresses they wear are these, like, I don't even know what you would call it. It's very reminiscent of the red dress from She's All That. Very. But with, like, embroidered flowers. One's in red, one's in black. And I just remember wanting a dress like that so bad. So bad. But, of course, Dina, also, you and I also had hips at, like, the age of... 13 yeah. so it wouldn't quite look the same like it's like one of those straight up and down like dresses that would just like cling to our hips and our asses and everything yeah exactly like we I was never able to wear anything like that and then they like do this presentation because the grandpa's like been ignoring Jeremy's presentation on like clean water reform <laughs> and then somehow the girls have like memorized it and just start like reciting and like do this ploy of serving another ambassador like dirty water Dude, I love this part personally. I wrote down, this is an inspiring environmental stump speech and we need them for climate change. <laughs> like we need them to come back out for climate change. I also noticed during this time that they, and I think that you've made note of this since they were like so young, like literally like toddlers. But do we think that the Olsen twins had like the original vocal fry? Yes. They really do. They're like, ah, uh, yeah. And also the environment, uh... <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, this and is aggressively Kardashian. Leading, like, aqueduct system, Napoleon. Also, did I understand this correctly, that they just brought the guy, like, dirty water to, like, yeah. prove a point? <laughs> yeah, they had the butler or the chef or somebody serve him a glass of water from the tap. Yep. But I don't really remember, like, I mean, obviously I went to France, like, 15 years after this movie was made. But, like, should I have not brushed my teeth in the sink? Is that, like, a thing? I don't know. I don't think so. I think that if anything, they may have sorted out any of their water issues well before our American cities will, because I know that they have like the free, um, the free like water that you can fill up your water bottle with, which is like their, their little clean water, according to the Zac Efron show. 
Um, that was a weird <laughs> turn in my own brain. Just trust me. I think that the water is better. And then grandpa's like, you know what? You girls did such a good job. I'm going to take you to the dance. And yep. they go to what is the emptiest dance ever. <laughs> yeah. Like they had the budget to go to Europe, but they couldn't hire more than 15 people to stand in this school gym. No, Dina, come on. They blew their budget on Paris. <laughs> And then Jeremy and Bridgie are just there being like a couple of creepers. Yeah, they're like, we're just fully grown adults at this kid's dance. But it's fun. Yeah. And that's where we get our kiss. And that's where we get our kiss. So if we could just back up for a second, but this also has to do with the kiss. After they go on their date, they come back home. And then one of them says to the other one, she's like, or she says to somebody, I went, I went to Disneyland when I was younger and I never thought that it would get better than that, you know? And she's yeah. like, but tonight, tonight's so much better than that. And I honestly, like, I've never heard a line from a movie that I can relate to more coming from, like, my teenage years. Because truly, like, as a girl, you're so led to believe that, like, that's, like, the end-all be-all of anything, you know? So, like, the night that I had, like, my first kiss, it was, like, Disneyland times a billion, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, man, that's how they fucking get us. That's how these guys get us, is that they, like, we're led to believe that this is, like, the ultimate, you know? And really, honestly, looking at it from this end of things, like, Disneyland's better. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> than a broken heart from some asshole in high school that's true also like what i kind of appreciate is like they go home but they like don't try and pretend that the girls are ever gonna see them again yeah like it's not like one of those things where it's like oh we're gonna fly back for summer and they're gonna come visit it's just like everybody just knows this is a moment in time so i honestly wrote down that like i really love that they do that but then they also kind of talk about at the end when they like do have their kisses and everything seems so perfect I wrote down that like you know you always have this feeling that like the boys that you meet on vacation or like meet abroad like it feels like it'll like never end and realistically like those are like the shortest relationships you know yeah. or, like relationships in quotes like I really liked when I was like 20 and I studied abroad in Sweden I like <laughs> I met a, a Scottish guy he was uh -huh. Scottish and I felt like head over heels in love with him that night, you know? And I was so sure that like, this is going to be like my boyfriend, you know? Yeah, like I'm going to meet uh, or I'm going to move to Scotland. That's it. Exactly. He was there for, he was, we were in Barcelona. We were both there <laughs> and we were on like a, a bar crawl and we met and we made out and it was so amazing. And he was there for like some Bruce Springsteen concert, <laughs> but he was like, let's hang out again. And then we hung out again. And then it was like so incredible. And honestly, let's see, what is this? 13 years later, I can't tell you that guy's name, but I know that I was fucking in love with him for the night. <laughs> Those are the best. I know. If you're listening to this Scottish man who I met 13 years ago in Barcelona before a Bruce Springsteen concert, you know, I'm happily in a relationship, but still just reach out. Yeah. Just in case. You know, we're, we're looking for backups. Exactly. We never know how things will happen. Dina's engaged, but I'm currently free as a bird. <laughs> yeah. And then they like go back to California or whatever. And yeah. they meet up with Shane and Kyle. And they like sort of neg them. <laughs> right. And it was just like, 
so funny. It's like, oh yeah, that's the appropriate response to have. Although it was refreshing to see a female do it. But a big point that was brought up in multiple times in the storyline was that they couldn't tell them apart. Shane and Kyle couldn't tell the twins apart. But like, that's kind of their whole gimmick. And it's like, are you really going to fault them for not being able to tell twins apart? Yeah, you guys often dress exactly alike. You guys literally look alike. Like, what do you expect? Yeah. And then they, like, neg them by, like, being, like, getting Shane and Kyle mixed up. And, like, one's blonde and one's brunette. (laughs) I like that, actually. It's literally how I feel when people ask us if we're, like, sisters. I'm like, really? We look very different. It's okay. And that's it. That's the movie. And that's that. I loved it. It Holds up. Yeah, exactly. I agree. As they said, we were only gone for a week, but we came home with memories to last a lifetime. This is true. And it just reinforces that you and I need to go on a vacation together because we've never been on one. Yes, please. I would love to go. (laughs) Let's go to Europe. (laughs) I would love that. Yeah, I would say this movie, especially because we, like we've said before, we were the exact age that the Olsen twins were, especially considering that it's filmed probably six months before. Like, we were 13 watching these 13-year-olds go to Paris. Mm -hmm. Such an impact on wanting to travel, even though I didn't really until I was later on in life. Made me think that I would fall in love on every vacation I was on. Made me fall in love with the idea of Paris. Like, all of it. Gave us unrealistic expectations about being, like, bowled over by guys on mopeds and then them picking us up and us traveling around Europe. This and the Lizzie McGuire movie. Yeah. Just terrible. Just so many, I think I wrote this on my Instagram a few weeks ago, of like, I've just been so misled that when I was in France, I would be like seduced by a man on a moped, like Amelie, Passport to Paris, like, and it never happened. Emily oh, in Paris now? Emily in Paris, The Hills. Mm. Like, no, didn't happen Sick. for me. I got... I got robbed. That was what happened to me in Paris. <laughs> Last time when, when Fed and I went to Europe, so we went to his family reunion in Bosnia, but we stopped in Paris first and we were there for a few days. And I expected it to be like so much more romantic than it was, but I think part of it was that we were coming from Hawaii to Paris. Mm. So we spent most of the first three days just trying to get over jet lag. Yeah, that's a big time difference. Like 12 hours, right? Crazy. Yeah, exactly. It was crazy. And I think that most of what I'm about to say came from this. But we did get into like a couple like major fights. Like we're talking like crazy screaming matches on the streets of Paris at like midnight. Like when it was all sort of like empty. And I mean, now looking back on it, it's sort of like romantic to think about, even though like at the time and it was over, honestly, I couldn't find the restaurant in like our guidebook. But like I couldn't find the correct restaurant for us to get to. So then bed like kind of got mad at me and got snippy and then we like started to have this like crazy fight but the romantic part of that is that some like fucking Parisian guy comes up to us and he's like uh you guys should not be fighting you were in the most romantic city on earth uh you know and I was like fuck off (laughs) they have like so much pride for that and like maybe it's because like we're in America and like I'm Los Angeles adjacent and like 
I don't like LA. Right. <laughs> that I'm just like, I'm astounded by it. I know, I know. But hey, you know what? Like, I, I appreciate a good, like, city pride. People in Chicago have so much city pride. It's and I've grown so to much pride. appreciate it. But yeah. But in Paris, it is true. Like, Par- Parisians are so, like, prideful. And they're just so, like, the guy coming up to us and telling us that we shouldn't be fighting. I was like, you don't know my life, guy. <laughs> I will do this. Maybe the our version of a Frenchman on a moped was that Chicago guy in a crew neck sweater and a mustache in that one bar. <laughs> it was. It was indeed. Uh, Sigh. That's a story that'll go unexplained. Um, but to be fair, later on in this European vacation, once Ben and I got over our jet lag and started to get along again, he did, in fact, take me to a Croatian island and take me on a moped around said Croatian island. Oh. And guess what, Dina? It was fucking terrifying. It's like horseback riding? Worse than that, because, like, it was, we're going, like, 50 miles an hour, and we're, like, going around these, like, turns, and we could have easily, like, just gone off the side of the cliff. And then, Fed was the one, like, driving it, but then, like, every time we would have to go around these turns, I'd have to, like, lean with him. And I can't tell you, it goes against every fiber of my being to, like, lean down close to the ground. I hated it. So suffice it to say, I don't think that I would have liked it when I was like 13 with like some random fucking Parisian dude, you know? Drew was just telling me the other day, he was like, I think I want to do horseback riding. I think it's in my blood. And I was like, you're on your own. (laughs) It's in his blood, Dina. Let him do the horseback riding. I know. Be supportive. So let's get into our other pop culture recommendations for the week. What do you got? Okay, so as I mentioned in the beginning, I sort of made Ved watch a movie called Promising Young Woman, and it is available for rental wherever you get your rentals. It's $19.99, but I highly, highly recommend it. I think that if you read anything about it or if you watch the trailer, then you might get the impression that it's like a very like intense, serious, like revenge kind of movie. And it is somewhat that, but I also think that it's just so good, so funny. Bo Burnham's in it. He's pretty good in it. Carrie Mulligan, as I said in the beginning, is like so good in it. It's shockingly, like really shockingly, like well-written. And I think especially... Men are going to get something different from it, <laughs> but sure. women, I, yeah, right? Because <laughs> Ved, Ved, honestly, like, I will say, like, it, it caused him to be, like, really contemplative. Like, he was just very, like, huh, like, you know, I, I was impressed with his reaction to it. But for women who have actually, like, experienced anything, you know, like, been vulnerable with a guy and felt like, you know, whatever... I think that it's so good for women to watch. And I, I won't say anything more than that, but I just, I recommend it. Anyway, what's your pop culture recommendations? So I watched the series Run, which is Merritt Weaver um, okay. of All I Want to Do and Dom Hall Gleason of Harry Potter. I'm only picking what I like of their work. <laughs> okay, I like that. And it's a show where they are like two college sweethearts and they have this like pact that if one of them texts the other run and the other person texted back run within 24 hours, they would run off wherever they were in the world and meet in New York and like drop their lives. And it kind of took some twists and turns and it got canceled after one season, but it was just a fun watch. Like each episode's like 25 minutes. Yeah. I you watched it. I've watched it. Yeah, I watched it right when it first came out because I I love Merritt Weaver and I love Dom Hall Gleason. I would watch them both in anything, and I thought that their chemistry was fire. So good. 
their chemistry was like palpable. Yes. And then I also, like I said, I've been watching Felicity. I think I'm like 10 episodes in and Felicity is a psychopath. <laughs> I know. Nobody should model their life off of Felicity. Uh, but I did. So I'm so glad I didn't watch this as an impressionable age because, okay, <laughs> so those of, you, those of you that don't know, what happens is Felicity is this like quiet nerd, but of course played by like the gorgeous Carrie Russell. And she has this like secret crush on this popular guy. And then she's supposed to go to Stanford for school. And he says, I'm going to New York for college on graduation day. And so she just decides to follow him to New York without ever having had a conversation with him and then on top of that tells him that and somehow he just forgives her and then she does weird crap like writing a paper for him or sneaking up on him like she does all these super creepy things so yes totally but if we can set aside any of our expectations for realism here it's a great concept for a show. <laughs> it's a great concept for a show. I'm just saying, like, personally, I already had terrible boundaries with guys yes. when I was younger. That I'm glad that I didn't have this as an example of it working out. But Dina, what if, and just hear me out, what if you took the show at face value, applied to Columbia because of it, went to New York for grad school, and now you're way too much in student debt how would you feel would you feel good (laughs) no okay cool listen the part of her going to new york and speaking to her parents that's the great part of the show like that's what you should admire her for but i don't think you've ever tried to steal a man's mail Mm, let me think have i no of course i haven't (laughs) sorry I took that sarcasm too far. Uh, yes, so I have not. And then, like, it stars the Pink Power Ranger as her best friend. <laughs> How but dare they you, like Amy Jo Johnson. How dare you put some respect on her name? And they fight over a guy, the guy she followed him for, within the first like three episodes, and then they just like instantly both like it's just over. Um, and right. Amy Jo Johnson just gives up. But, you know, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to keep watching. Literally, the most annoying part about it is that I'm watching it on the ABC app and there's commercials. Otherwise, I would have been a lot farther. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Scott Speedman. Ben, yeah, what happened ben to Covington. He's just living his hot life. It's just he's... shocking that, like, Scott Foley is the real runaway heartthrob. And, like, I, I, I get it. Like, I love the nerdy guy and stuff like that. But if I was, like, picking who was going to have the long-term career, it wouldn't have been Foley. Well, he has – Scott Speedman has a long-term career in my fantasies. So <laughs> he is lovely. And I will say age looks good on him. Oh, so, that's good. That's Speedman if you're out there. <laughs> looking looking great. But yeah, those are, that's what I've been watching. Well, those are great pop culture recommendations. Yeah. And other than that, in, in place of like watching Friends as my filler show, I've been watching New Girl, which I forgot how funny that was. It is so funny. That's like one of those shows that I could just like watch any kind of episode at any time. Yeah. I always really enjoy it. Zoe, man. Zoe. So for, oh, 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 Olsen, twins, gossip. I found an interesting article and I wanted to get your take on this. 
So on Showbiz Cheat Sheet, uh-huh. um, as you know, they their favorite thing to do is to take like anecdotes or take ideas that were the Olsen twins said like years ago, and then they like repurpose them into like new articles, which I really enjoy. Um, but this particular one is about how the Olsen twins' memories sometimes get merged together. And the quote is, we don't know what actually happened to whom. So basically, because of the fact that they've done so much together, so they they literally had a career together, they established their own franchise, they had all the dolls, books, makeup, they were on Full House, you know, starting at nine months old, they even attended New York University together, they've done so much together, they say that even now, they're together every day from 9am till 12 at night. So they basically say some of our memories are shared and then they say one of us was stung by a bee, but we can't remember who because we both felt it. Wow. So I just thought that you'd enjoy that. And I was like, I wonder if I have ever felt that with anybody. I don't think if there's anybody that I like get memories mixed up with. Like my place in my family is I'm the one with the good memory. So they usually just come to me. Right. And just like have questions or settle arguments, which is what my brother and sister-in-law do all the time. Right. My brother, I don't know if I mentioned this, where he thinks that he had his tonsils taken out. And we're like, no, you didn't. (laughs) I actually really like that. It's like he (laughs) had some kind of memory implanted. Yeah. I don't know. That's so good. Uh, So uh, half of me says that like, I kind of have this with bed where like we did spend so much time together in like Samoa and Hawaii where it was like just the two of us that I'll start to kind of like have these like memory merges with him, which is so weird to even say out loud. But then simultaneously, my memory is so bad that sometimes bed I'll be like, oh yeah, remember when we watched this movie together? And I'll be like, no. And then I immediately go, it must have been with your other girlfriend. (laughs) And he gets so mad at me. I can't help it, though. I just like to do that to him. Sometimes I'll, like, ask Drew, and I'll be like, oh, have you ever done this? And he's like, yeah, once. And I'm like, with a girl, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it'll be, like, very specific. Like, have you seen The Notebook? Like, of course a guy's not going to have watched The Notebook on his own or, like, gone to Disneyland or anything like that. Of course. You're, like, baiting him? Yeah, exactly. You're like, have you ever had sex? It was with a girl, wasn't it? (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess that makes sense, even though they're not, like, of the same embryo. But they did, like, basically have to spend 24-7 together. Yeah. That's just crazy. I just can't imagine having another person. I wonder if you feel like a fully formed human being. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if you feel like you're, like, a fully fleshed out human being, or if you feel like a part of a whole. I don't know. Yeah, I mean... I'm guessing with them, just due to the collaboration, that they feel like parts of a whole. But then they've also been like fighting against that. Yeah, definitely. And probably in like relationships, you kind of have to still navigate your own world. Yeah, when you're dating Olivier Sarkozy. Exactly. And or Jared Leto. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I did. I was reading an article the other day speaking of Olsen twins gossip about like the many men in like Ashley Olsen's life sure and like they're in like I knew most of them just from following them for so long but there was one that like I just like did not remember so there's like a party planner there's like her college boyfriend Jared Leto some other business guys Lance Armstrong but there's like one so remember how she dated that like old guy Yes. She dated like Bennett Miller and then she dated like some old art guy while she while she was dating Mary Kate was dating Olivier. 
Mm-hmm. Well, there was one guy before then, and I'm going to send you the article right now, and his name is George Kondo. And it's just like, when was that? And like, are there photos? What happened? I'm sending you to the chat in our little recording thing. Okay. But she's had a lot of like boyfriends, and I'm like, good for her. Sorry. <laughs> Did you get to George? This, uh, yeah. What the hell? Yeah, when was that? Or sorry, I'm not so close to the mic. When was that? I don't know. That's so weird. Yeah. I don't. How long has Mary Kate been with Olivier? Like seven mm. years? I feel like every episode just ends with us like theorizing about Mary Kate's love life. I mean, what else are we going to do? <laughs> I I don't know. 2012. So eight years. Yeah. Eight or nine huh. years. I can't get over jo- George Kondo. <laughs> right? I wonder if there's like photos of them. George. I, I hope not. Kondo and Ashley Olsen. Oh, gross. Or maybe oh, it's really? photoshopped. I don't know. Tough, tough to say. You know, Ashley kind of look, or I guess they both kind of do. They kind of like are a wide-eyed version of Nicole. Our friend Nicole? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, same, like, similar bone structure and all that. Yeah, they definitely do. Nicole, we miss you. <laughs> if you're listening. But, yeah, I think that that, <laughs> I think that that does it. I think that we watched Passport to Paris. It was an incredible movie. We highly, highly recommend it. It's free on Hulu. Sponsor us, Hulu. Hulu, come on board. Hulu, your, your platform is great. There's only one way that it could get any better. And that's if you sponsored us. So that's that. Follow us on Instagram at you got a dude pod. I'm at Whitney R. Peterson. I'm at Dina dot dot day. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> like us and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review and do everything like that. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. Sounds good. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>